Hey, welcome back to another Saluki Standards podcast. I am your host, Connor Onion. And this week, it's uh, it's an honor to talk with Saluki Volleyball's Savannah Sheridan. Very interesting background on her life. First of all, she was adopted at a very young age. And we'll get into some of the specifics on not only her experience with that, but how she's going to use that experience and her degree at SIU to do some good in the world. And then Savannah went and played junior college volleyball, had to take a gap year trying to get her grades up so she could be eligible to play at the Division One level. And then SIU was able to get her to come to Carbondale. She ended up leading the team in total kills last year and helped Ed Allen in his first year uh, as the head coach lead one of the biggest turnarounds in the country. So can't wait for you to hear it. Here's Savannah Sheridan of Saluki Volleyball. I know you have lots of life experience at, at a young age, but where does living in the world of COVID rank as far as those weird experiences so far? Um, I've honestly been through a lot in my life and nothing like COVID. I actually was dealing with like a lot of mental stability with dealing with being secluded and not knowing what the next move was going to be, but I got it figured out through help with my coaches and the staff at SIU. So that really helped getting organized. Yeah, I, I feel like that's not uncommon for a lot of athletes during this time. Like there's a lot of talk of identity being stripped because you're not getting to play your sport and some of that isolation. Have you been able to share in some of those conversations with your fellow athletes? Yeah. Like a lot of my teammates, we talk about and like kind of pick apart what we need to do to become the best student athletes that we can be. And that helps a lot. Just talking about it. I'm thinking about the training perspective for you too. You know, you, you're thinking, all right, finally, I'm probably going to have a full off season to train in a division one system, uh, have the weight training and all that. And then COVID says, nope, no spring. How have you adjusted in that way? Um, at first it was a shock. Cause I thought at least we would play a game or two and having a whole semester just to train was something I didn't see happening, but it's honestly helped me reach a level that I didn't think I would be able to reach quick enough if we were to go straight into a season. So I have a better chance of like popping off on the court. Uh, where do you think you've grown the most? Um, hmm. Honestly, I've grown in a lot of aspects. From being a student, I used to not have good grades when I was in my junior college. I kind of straightened that out. And I got all A's during my summer courses and mostly A's and a B the semester after that. And I'm really proud of myself because I am not an A student. I have never been an A student, but I am now. And then for volleyball, I was having some knee issues coming back. And again, I didn't play um, volleyball. I took a year off. And so I was just working. And then when I got the call back, I was like, okay, let's try this. I can still do this. I missed the game. My body did not handle it well because of my knees. And But I'm better now. I'm healed up. I'm, I'm healthy. Yeah, for people who haven't heard some of your story, uh, you were back home for a year after junior college and, you know, working at a Sam's Club, coaching a high school team. And then you come in in August without really much of an offseason and still – played pretty well last fall too just kind of summarize the the last two years for us what uh what kind of a whirlwind has it been and getting adjusted to this level all my life it's been my dream to pay, play division one volleyball and I finally got to do it with my last two years um but it's been crazy I've had to teach myself a lot of lessons and 
lose a lot of people along the way, but it's all helped me out in the long run. Um, I had my first real job last year or two years ago. I don't believe I've ever trained this hard in a sport before. I mean, I did club, I did high school, but it's not the same when you're representing such a big institution. I know last year you talked a lot about wanting to be a better passer. How far have you come in that area? Okay, okay. I am getting better, actually. <laughs> They're pulling me back a little so I can pass. Uh, but I'm still not doing back row stuff, but I surf for them. So I'm making them better. Okay. Are we going to see? So we might see you serve a little bit in the spring. I asked coach. He laughed. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to, you're, you're probably going to keep playing the front three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so what about some of the things you've worked on? You, you said you've never trained this hard, but what are some of the things that you feel like you've accomplished as far as your net game? With the help of our, uh, our conditioning coach, Zach, and our trainer, Courtney, and of course the coaches. Um, I think I'm much more vocal and into the game. Like there, there's something there now that it's like drive. There's more drive in it. I feel like I've jumped higher. I'm jumping higher out of the gym. My body's more toned. I'm gaining muscle in places I did not have muscle before. I, I look like a student athlete, like, and I feel like one. That's to say you, you, didn't, you didn't look like it or feel like it last year? I looked like a toothpick because I didn't really work out. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I, I didn't mean to skip over this, by the way, the... The, the the work in the classroom that's that's incredible good for you congratulations thank you are you still on track to uh, pursue being a social worker yes um i want to be a social worker for foster kids and um kids that have just been adopted as well because i was one i don't know if anybody already knows that <laughs> but um i feel like you have to go through those things to be able to teach other kids about how to get through them and so i feel like that has been put on my heart to do my whole life and I've always had a mother nature kind of sense. So it'll be fun. I'm excited. What was your personal experience uh, working with a social worker when you were going through the system? Um, so when I, I was adopted when I was around four years old and the social worker wasn't a good person. The families that my brothers and sisters went to, they were not good people. Everybody thinks that like these people are here to help the, the kids. That's not always the case. Actually, it's like not even half. Half of those people aren't good people. Like, um, for example, my brothers went to a family that just wanted the money. And so that messed them up because it wasn't love, you know? And so um, just, and my sister went through things and she stayed in the foster system till she was 18. And just, I'm, it wasn't me that went through those things, but like, it's a part of me because that's my family. And we're all super close. We're sprawled out. Uh, my brothers, one is in the... Uh, Marines and one's in the army and he gets out next month and um, I've just never felt something like called me more. Now that you've studied it a little bit and, and you'll get a degree I mean what are some of the specific problems that you would fix about that line of work? Oh boy I think that there needs to be more awareness on social workers they like blame social workers for doing bad jobs yes some social workers do a bad job, but they need more money. They need a better place to do their work. They need, they bring kids in and the walls are blank and cement. It's scary. It's not anything that's like welcoming and they deal with kids all the time. So like even just getting donations for toys and posters would be helpful because then they'd even like where they work, which would make the job more fun, I guess, and the kids happier. I think that they should 
have different requirements for becoming a social worker because it is an important job and I don't think it's seen as an important job and it's definitely not treated as one. You hear about like cases all the time where a social worker skips over a file because she has too much work and then the child dies. Like that's unacceptable. But like we need more people in the field and if you make it so easy where it's almost like careless to go like to get in, then it's not anything that's going to be fought for. Hmm. I want to talk to you a little bit about your personal experience that, that will help you ultimately do that job. I mean, how much do you remember about those early years when you were four or five years old and uh, you were going through the adoption process? Um, I was super young, but I'm in, I'm, a, an, I'm in an abnormal psych class right now and we're learning about disorders. And sometimes disorders will pop up on the screen in our uh, lecture and I'll be like reading through them and I would have had that disorder growing up like because my parents um were neglectful and a bunch of other things I wasn't it wasn't easy for me to attach myself to people so I didn't like see love out of it it was just kind of a responsibility to help my siblings get through the day and then my other sister did the opposite and she attached to anybody that walked by so just like noticing things like that and going through that really shapes you um what was the question again yeah, just, just how much of an understanding. It sounds like you, you did have a decent understanding of just like what was what was going on and what you were going through at the time and, and what you remembered about when you were four or five years old. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I didn't remember anything until I got to high school. I started having like these nightmares of things that happened to me and my siblings, and I thought they were... I thought they were false. I thought I just made them up. But then thinking it through, like every day, every night, I'd stay awake. Sometimes I couldn't sleep because I was so scared. And I'd be like, why am I thinking these thoughts? And I grew up, I like got adopted into a family that's extremely Christian. And so like these thoughts were, or these nightmares weren't like something God would put in your head. And so I was super worried that if I told my mom that it would, I would be like, it would be a sin or like something like that. And so after a few years, actually right during my junior college years, I just like broke down one day because I was so depressed and I, it was just weighing super heavy on me and things kept adding up. And I told my mom and she's like, yeah, that's, those are memories from your past that did happen. And like, it was, it just helped having clarity to know that I wasn't like going crazy or like obsessing over something that wasn't real. Once you opened that initial door, how many conversations did you have with your adopted mom or dad? You know, some of the ways that they could help. Um, so as, an, as a foster parent, you try your best to connect with your children. And I'm not, okay, my mom and dad, like she gave me everything. I'm super thankful. But there's just a level that you can't reach if it's never happened to you. So it was hard to like connect on that level. And that's what I needed. I needed like somebody that can relate to me and understand what I'm going through. But like having her support and everything was necessary. And I was so thankful for it. What about with your siblings? Because they're going through that with you they have the experience that you're talking about but at the end of the day you guys are also all kids but how much did their presence help um so uh, my my mom now she had six kids and then adopted five and the three younger sisters of mine are my biological sisters and i have a non-biological brother as well that's adopted for me being the oldest that's adopted with them I, I really didn't get to show weakness. I couldn't show that I was struggling because if I showed that I was weak, then they would think it's okay to slack off. And like, I don't know. I just had to be like the mom of the group. And so like, if they were struggling with things, they would come to me. I liked doing that, but it, like there comes a time when you can just take so much. 
five adopted children in the house and having six biological children in the house, the dichotomy of the relationship between their biological parents and the way that you guys got treated being being the adopted kids. What was that like? Um, well, we were all adopted when my older siblings were teenagers, if, if not older. So like they knew what they were getting into. They understood their roles coming in and that we were like struggling children and we just needed um, like footsteps to follow in. And I honestly think they did a really good job because we're, we're all in school, we're all playing sports, we're all doing something with our lives, we have jobs. I don't know. I, I think that all they needed to do was teach us right from wrong, and they did a great job with that. You mentioned how you guys are all doing great things. You mentioned your brothers are, are serving the country, and then uh, you're one of three of your sisters that's playing Division One volleyball, one at, one at Colorado State, one at UNLV. What type of outlet was volleyball? Um, so I tried basketball and soccer, and that is just way too much running. And then I tried – oh, actually, I got recruited to volleyball to a club – and, you know, I'm tall, so I stood out. So it wasn't hard to find me in a crowd. Um, but that really gave me an outlet for anger, um, just drive. It gave me a drive towards something. I didn't know, though, that I wanted to play volleyball in college. I was just doing it to give myself something to do, something to focus on. But um, it's honestly shaped my whole life. So when we see one of those balls that you just crush, that has a little extra emotion behind it. There's a little more of a, a story behind that. There's some there's some anger behind the swing. Yeah, mm, there's purpose. Okay, all right. That's that's something to watch for in the spring. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just going through school, you know, having I'm sure a little bit different of a story than most of your your classmates. How many questions would you get about your background? I guess nobody really goes past like, oh, you're adopted? And I'm like, yeah, I'm adopted. Then they just assume like, oh, your life's good then. Like everything's good. But there's stuff that comes along with that. Like my sister that wasn't adopted, she's a big part of my life. We're best friends. We tell each other everything. We help each other through everything. And that's not something that a lot of people get. Like she went through a separate thing and I went through a separate thing, but we come together and we're we're tight. Um, I just think I have a broader perspective on a lot of things, so I'm not close-minded. And it helps with a lot of opportunities in my life. When you first entered school, going through middle school, high school, all that stuff, I mean, how did your background impact your schooling and, and your performance in school? So I got diagnosed with ADD when I, or ADHD in second grade or first grade. And so I was on these meds and and honestly, I think they took away my like chance to be creative. I've always been super realistic, but like already not really having a childhood and then being put on meds right away just made me focus on the thing in front of me each time. Like no matter, even if I was at home, I was playing house, I was playing school. Like I was never just like playing with a stick or like thinking about dinosaurs and robots and princesses and stuff. I was always like, okay, you'll be the mom, you'll be the baby. <laughs> like super down to earth. Um, what's the question again? Uh, yeah, just... I mean, how your background impacted your academic performance. I mean, you, you gave us kind of a look into it with, with ADD. I'm, I'm sure that is, is hard to focus in class. Yeah. The meds helped a lot, but I stopped in middle school because of um, side effects. And because I was getting depressed and I didn't eat. Them, those meds do not make like help you eat. And I was already skinny, so my mom's like, we don't need it anymore. And I went through high school without it, and I did pretty good, but I had an IEP because my learning was behind because I wasn't taught anything for the first three years of my life. I think I did a great job catching up, though. <laughs> I didn't expect myself to even go to college. And here you are, getting A's and B's. 
For real. What advice would you give to somebody else that's living, learning, and managing with ADD and trying to thrive in the, in the classroom? Um, I would say that regardless of how you feel about school, you got to find a way to make it work. If you have a dream and you want to reach it, and if it involves school, then you got to do it. It's just how it works. That's how the world works. You just, it's going to suck sometimes. Just find ways to make it better for yourself. Reward yourself. Like it is harder for you. So do the extra and it'll feel better. It'll feel good at the end. It'll be worth it. I feel like we've just kind of scratched the surface on your story and your life. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to turn it into like an hour and a half podcast, but I, I feel like I feel like maybe in the, the spring we'll, we'll have you on and, you know, get, get deeper into the weeds on some of this stuff and the volleyball stuff. But just give people an idea of what you're most excited for with your senior season upcoming in the spring and uh, what you guys hope to accomplish. I am super excited to play. And the freshmen, well, the newcomers, I should say, because they're not all freshmen. We have 10 new people. We're about to rock this conference, and we are having so much practice. So we are going to be amazing, and we're going to support each other. And it's going to be loud, and the gym's going to be packed if we can. Um, COVID is not getting in our way. And I don't know. There's just so much focus on the court that I, I can see is really – really doing great i hope yeah. uh, i hope your prediction of having a bunch of people in the gym is correct because me too hey 800 to a thousand in davies is uh enrollment's up so you know what yep. else you gotta do there you go there you go we should get 800 to a thousand easy in there then mm -hmm. well hey i know you've had a long day and i don't want to keep you much longer but i really appreciate you sharing with us like i said let's uh let's do this again at some point of course it was nice talking to you